Welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm so happy you're with us today. Oh, my dear Seek Reality friends, I hear from so many listeners now who are devastated at the loss of a loved one, and they trust me with that news, and I I treasure, actually, I treasure every time someone contacts me and asks me to basically hold in their, their loss in my heart, and I do, and I love the fact, most of all, I love the fact that the news that I have to give them is so wonderful. I have spent decades studying the afterlife evidence, and the best of of that evidence is now more than a century old, frankly, and I'm thrilled to be able to tell you that there's, there's no bad news. It's all wonderful news. It's all terrific news. We join our loved ones who have gone ahead of us in a beautiful, beautiful reality, which is so fantastic. The truth is all so wonderful. But the plain fact fact is, I have to tell you, is that most of what I'm hearing, at least in recent years, is from people who have lost a companion animal. Most often it's a dog, sometimes it's a cat, and it's sometimes it's a child. Usually it's not a husband anymore. It used to be mostly a husband. But these people are grieving their animals so much. People even say, if I can't have my dogs in heaven, usually it's a plural, actually, of dog, I don't want to go there myself. If you can imagine people saying that, and I'm able to say, yes, you can have all your dogs in heaven. And I I have to tell you, all that news is wonderful news. But the best news of all is the fact that they, all those animals are there. In fact, some people will tell me, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm happy that, that I'm in heaven. So I, we hear that news too. I'm happy there, but I can't even get close to hug the people who've gone ahead of me because there are all these damn animals in the way, which I think is funny. But that's the way it is. Our, our beloved animals are all there. We, in fact, we recently, um, did our, a, a conversation with Mikey and uh, Mikey Morgan. And he said, yeah, all the animals you love are there. There's, there's just no way around it. It's all, all such wonderful news. So our beloved friend who's here today is Karen Anderson, and she is our expert on that wonderful news. She has just written a new book. It's, I guess, been out just just a month or two now. Recently, it's been out, and it's called The Pet I Can't Forget. And believe me, that's a very good title because people can't get over their pets very often. It's called Finding Hope and Healing and with Signs from the Afterlife. And our pets do give us signs. They're different from what our loved ones give us, but they give us signs all the same. The Amazing Afterlife of Animals. Here all creatures, those are her past books, but her recent book is The Pet I Can't Forget, Finding Hope and Healing with Signs from the Afterlife. Besides offering courses in animal communication, Karen does that too, but she now devotes her life, most of all, to helping animals in need as the founder and CEO of Painted Rain Ranch. It's a non-profit animal sanctuary. She hasn't forgotten the, the animals that are still alive and that nobody else wants, so she takes them in on her 30-acre ranch. She provides a final refuge for the pets no one else wants, the elderly, special needs, and so on. Companion animals, she gives them a home until they die their natural death. Welcome, Karen. I'm so happy to have you back again. It's lovely. It's lovely to be able to talk to you about this wonderful topic, which frankly, again, is all good news. It is all good news. And thank you so much, Roberta. It's great to be back again and always to be sharing how the animals send us signs and messages from the afterlife and how they want us to know that they're there. I'm very excited to be here today. Well, let's get right to it. The thing about Animals is they can't talk to us. They can't tell us they miss us. But um, when I was researching, now it's been many years since I wrote um, The Fun of Staying in Touch. But was, so when I, I was researching that book, there were all kinds of signs animals were giving. 
and that that uh, it, it really was quite wonderful. I'll share some of those too. But tell us what the signs you're aware of that animals give. Well, just the other day, I was <clears throat> talking to a friend on the phone. I had just lost one of uh, my companions here on the ranch. One of my um, oldest little hens. Uh, she she lived a long life, which is about seven years, which doesn't sound like long, but for a, a hen. That's a pretty good life, but I was just missing her, and I was talking to my friend about her and grieving deeply, of course, and all of a sudden, I felt two bumps on my right, around my right ankle, and I glanced down expecting to see one of our cats, you know, just giving me a little head bump, and there was nobody there, so I looked again. I looked over here, nobody there, nobody there. So my friend said, well, who was it? Who was it? Well, of course, we thought it was going to be this little hen. Well, it wasn't the little hen. It was one of my other cats that had passed on many years ago. And I got this immediately down, this immediate download or sense of knowing and love and warmth all wrapped up into one. And I heard Sherman, who was one of our dearest, dearest cats here on the sanctuary, and he was a good head bumper. He would just, you know, come by and give you those wonderful head bumps. And he was reaching out because he saw that I was upset and grieving. And he just wanted to let me know that he was there for me. Our animals, especially during those troubling times, they're there for us. And they love sending us little signs that, hey, I'm still here. Yeah, isn't it wonderful that they... they... They will hang around for a very long time. They will, yeah, just just want us to be happy, want us to feel comforted. It's a it's a great thing. But very often, with with signs from people, with signs from animals, if it's not what we're expecting, we won't accept the sign. That's what makes me crazy. People will say, "No, I haven't gotten any signs." You know, well. Of course, yeah. Recently, when I've been going into stores, I've I've often heard the the song we danced to at our wedding. Yeah, I hear that a lot, but I don't really get any signs from my husband. And I say, "You idiot! That's what he's giving you as a sign." You know, it's so I'm frustrating. I don't know what they expect. Maybe him to come in, come floating in a cloud by their window or something. I don't know what they expect, but. But that's a sign, yes. There are so many things they give us as signs. It's true. And I just had this, um, uh, it's not a conversation, but I had an email the other day with a client. I get hundreds and hundreds of emails, uh, people reaching out that have lost a beloved companion animal and you know, seeking answers. And this one particular email I had, um, the lady, her name was Pam. She wrote that, um, you know, Karen, your your emails are nice, but I never get any signs. And this is very upsetting to me because I've been wishing and begging and pleading and asking, you know, for three years for a sign and I don't get any signs. So, you know, please stop sending me these emails. And I was really taken back by that because I thought, you know, first of all, I'll bet she has been getting yep. signs. You know, she just doesn't realize what they are. So I reached out to her again I, and I said, I'm so sorry. I never intended to upset you, but has this ever happened to you? And what I suggested was, have you ever just been sitting somewhere and all of a sudden you think it, it was a, a dog that she had lost? And all of a sudden this overwhelming sense of emotions just overcomes you. The tears well up. It's almost like an uncontrollable physical response when you think about your beloved dog. And she responded back and said, well, yeah, that happens all the time. And I said, that's a sign. Your higher self, your soul, the purest part of you recognizes when your beloved dog is near you and your body is reacting to that presence. She said, well, I thought that was just my own thought and my own grief. And I said, well, sometimes it is. But when you connect the dots and see how many times this happens, and those, especially those uncontrollable ones where it comes out of nowhere, where it's just out of the blue, like you're folding laundry or, you know, gardening or doing some mindless task. And this 
surge comes over you, that's your body responding to your loved one near you. And she says, oh my gosh, that happens all the time. I'm so thrilled. I never knew that was a sign. So sad. People yes. So, so I was able to help her see that, you know, the more you recognize that that is a sign that, that they're near, the more signs they can send because they get excited. Like, yes, mom got the sign I sent. I'm going to send more. And they, they feed off of that energy when you react to them. If they speak aloud, say thank, even if you yes. aren't sure it's a sign to say, yes. Thank you. I see that or I feel that. Yes. Do it again or send yes. another one. Speak yes. up that gives them energy. Yes. Exactly. Your excitement, that bubbling up of you acknowledging, I just got goosebumps, of you acknowledging them, they get a boost, like a spiritual fuel boost from that. And it allows them to send more signs. So it it really was, um, you know, a, a powerful moment for Pam because she went from, I don't get any signs to, oh, my gosh, I get signs all the time. All the time. Right? Yes. Be open to the fact that they aren't going to give you necessarily the sign you want. They're going to get you the sign they can give you. And it's it's going to be something unexpected. Scent signs, especially very right after a death, are very, very common. And if you if you don't acknowledge them, they can be shut right off. I mean, a, a, a man said to me one day at a at a conference that that he turned off the scent sign that he would they were getting. They they went into the house uh, where um, I think his mother in law had just died. And they both, he and his wife, were smelling this stew, the distinctive smell of the stew she used to make. And and the wife said, "Wow, are you smelling that?" And he said, "Yeah, but I don't, I don't, oh, I don't believe that for a minute." And immediately he couldn't smell it anymore. She still could. Yeah. So you know that you can you can shut it right off if you're if you're ignorant. And he said, "Boy, I I immediately said, oh, wait a minute, no, I can't, I can." But he couldn't turn it. He couldn't turn the smell back on. Well, and I, I like to describe it like this. Let's say, for instance, um, somebody that that you love and adore with your, you know, your whole heart. Let's say you you go over to their house and you go to the front door and you, you're so excited, you can't wait to see them. You just miss them and you just want to hug them and be with them. And you can actually see them through a window or the door. You can see them in the house walking around and you knock with excitement and you ring the doorbell and you see them walking around, but nobody comes to the door. And you think, well, why aren't they coming to the door? I'm so excited. I can't wait to see them. And it's very disheartening because they never open the door to let you in. That's what it feels like for the animals when we don't acknowledge their signs. They're trying so hard to ring the doorbell and knock on the door and say, I'm here, I'm here, let me in, let me in. And then we don't right. acknowledge it. And it's like, hmm. all of that energy goes away. And they decide in a sense of deciding to not try to expend their energy that way anymore, because it doesn't get a response. And so animals they, will turn it off more quickly than people will, I think. I because, think so. Yes, they they are they they just don't aren't good, going to put any more effort into it unless we acknowledge it. If right. we acknowledge it, though, as you do, obviously, you you have a companion for life. Those the animal will keep keep acknowledge keep reaching out to you, keep acknowledging the fact that you need them, that you love them. You make a relationship go on. For the rest of your life with that animal. Exactly. And I am of the belief, and I've had a lot of animals, but I always have a, a morning meditation, prayer, blessing, where I thank them all. If somebody comes to me, you know, I'll call their name out and say, you know, thank you for being here. And thank you for the time that you shared with me. And I love you so much. And feel free to visit. And I just talk to them, like you said, out loud. Sometimes it'll be quietly in my mind, just depends on how I'm feeling. It doesn't matter, Roberta, so much as what you do. It's just um, more important that you do. 
whatever it is. Okay. Acknowledge them. Yeah. Yes. It doesn't, it's not like some secret formula I'm using that I'm not going to share with the world. It's really not. It's just simply being mindful that they are present and being so grateful and appreciative and encouraging more visitations, encouraging them. And I'll even say, you know, I'm feeling kind of sad today. Can you send me something really big? Make it really obvious. And then boom, I'll walk outside and there'll be a rainbow. It's like, okay, that's pretty big. So again, it's not always what you think. It's not always what you anticipate, but you should always consider the fact that they don't have the the kind of humanly uh, maneuverability, maneuverability that humans do. So they have to get creative on how they're going to send a sign. And normally they'll, they'll move something. You might hear them, little toenails on the floor, click, 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 click. You might hear their, their tags. You might hear uh, a cat meow or, a, you know, a soft sound and you look around and you think, God, am I losing my mind? And there's many, many, many ways that they can let you know that they're still there. And, and it takes a lot of energy to do that. That's what I write about in the pet I can't forget. It's not like they have endless fuel sources. They, they have to gather energy from somewhere and their favorite somewhere is you because you're home, you're love, you're familiar and they love your energy. So they want to gather their fuel sources from you. So uh, that's why they hang out by us. That's why they want to be by us. There's nowhere else they'd rather be. And if any animal has been during its lifetime sleeping with you, often animals will, you know, curl up somewhere on the bed and they're used to that. One way that they'll give you signs is they'll keep doing that. So you'll see or feel or be aware of little paw indentations coming across the bed and then little indentation by your feet or beside your, you know, legs or wherever the animal used to sleep, there will be that indentation again of the little body curling up to sleep beside you. And that apparently is relatively common. I, I've never slept with a pet, so I don't know, but that's apparently common, they say. Yep, it is, and it happens a lot. And if it's a bigger dog, you know, they'll, I, there's one story in my book where the um, the mom of the dog felt the mattress pressed down because her dog used to place her chin on the bed. It's a big German shepherd. And she actually felt the bed, the mattress dip down several times. It wasn't just once. You know, when it happens to you, here's the other thing. And I, I, I totally get this. When it happens to you in that moment, it's shocking because you could yeah, say that would be shocking. Who got into the house here? What just happened? So then you start to question your sanity. Did I just <laughs> say that? And and then oh no, that can't be. You know how can that be? So it does push us a little bit to to realize what's happening and, and give ourselves a moment to wrap our head around what's actually happening. And I've been sitting right here, in fact, in the same chair at my desk. If I'm, you know, just randomly doing some general work and I will feel like cobwebs over my hand or like a light feather touch over my wrist, I'll feel someone brush past me or, you know, like the other day, bump into me. And it, you kind of want to think, oh, was that a, a bug? You know, what, what was that? <laughs> so. You're looking around for a logical explanation. Our first go-to is try to make sense out of it, add logic to it. And messages from the afterlife don't fall into the logical category. They fall into a category all their own. And that's what I want everyone to open their mind up to is that, and I love that you called it you call it a reality, the reality of the afterlife, that it is this real place where they really are and they are they are truly waiting for us. And it it is real. It's a real tangible existence. And that's hard to wrap your head around if you haven't experienced that 
as you and I have in the sense of being shown it. And, and I only get glimpses of it. You know, I'm, I'm still here in human form. So they just show me glimpses of it, what it's like and how it feels, the animals, humans too, because I can connect with them as well. But isn't it indescribable? You really, I really struggle sometimes to describe what it's like and how good it feels and how encompassing it is and how welcoming it is. There's almost no words that can define the reality of the afterlife. The primary thing about it is that it's only love there. Here, we don't hear the the whole notion of the possibility that you could literally be breathing love, living in an atmosphere of love is hard for us to imagine. So, so that's what makes it different. And, and when people have near death experiences, that astral atmosphere is where they happen. And that's why they think they've died because they can't imagine that there could be a place like that except in, in the afterlife. But the astral, literally, that's what the astral is. It's nothing but love. And it, it is hard. If you haven't had a near-death experience, it's hard to grasp that. Um, and this is something I've never shared before, but I'm going to share it with you. I have had a near-death experience. the immediate experience. world, because there are people watching and listening. <laughs> no, it's just you and me. <laughs> There's no one else here. <laughs> um, I had such an experience. And it was so incredible and powerful but I was young. I was only 17. It was actually on my 17th birthday. And I didn't know what was happening, but it didn't matter. It was so perfect. And it was so safe and so loving. Again, words don't define it. Yeah. It, and yeah, I, I think about that in the sense of what our animals experience. And I think that's just the tip of the iceberg. I think that once you're fully, you know, spiritual back into spirit form, when you've left your body, I think it's even, you know, a million times more like that. So of course, of course, because then you're home. That is, that's the overwhelming sense when people have actually died, that they are at home truly as they never have been home when they were here on Earth. And it's it's hard to come back here. That's why when people ask me, well, is my dog or cat or horse or parrot or whoever, are they going to come back? And it's it's almost like, why would they want to leave? The beauty, <laughs> come back. <laughs> the beauty of the afterlife. I mean, some do, um, but it's really... Earth is hard. Physical life, it's tough. And I I share with my clients that, especially if they're worried about one that has just uh, passed on and transitioned out of their body, you know, are are they safe? Are they okay? Are they lost? Are they this? Are they that? And I always tell them, you don't have to worry about them. They're, They're very happy. And they have people there that just love them and care for them so perfectly. Send all of that, not worry, but send all of that love to the animals that are still here in physical form. They're the ones that need all the positive thoughts and as much of that as possible because earth is hard. Life is hard. Being physical is hard. But the afterlife, that's easy peasy. Piece of cake. (laughs) It is. And the animals flourish and they present themselves to me sometimes in full form sometimes you know just the outlines of their eyes sometimes i just will see a a outline of a body you just never know the animals are so particular according to what they want to show or how they want to appear some don't feel it's necessary to appear at all but i can sense them i can tell they're near and humans too, humans will do that. I don't know if you've had this experience. I don't get to ask too many people this, but when I communicate with an animal, they're right there. Boom. They want to talk. They want to share. There's always a few exceptions, but generally speaking, they just want to put it all out there and send messages and tell my mom and dad I love them and I'm still here. Humans, tell me if this resonates with you. 
some of them kind of stay back and they don't <laughs> come into the spotlight and they stay just on the fringes kind of observing uh i don't know what maybe it's a their belief system maybe it's their uh human unfinished business i don't always know what it is but have you ever had that happen where the humans are hesitant to step oh, sure. forward and, and yeah. they, they resist i guess that's a good word they resist yeah yeah my, my father was like that for 20 years after his death because he felt that he had not been a good parent so i was i was doing for research purposes i had a bunch of readings with mediums and um because i'm not a medium myself at all and they always described him to a t and they could never get him to talk and finally after more than 20 years um my daughter had a reading and he finally did speak and he spoke to her and he said um please tell your mother and her sister that i'm sorry i messed up their childhood that was his message he was an alcoholic while we were children but i had never especially thought he messed up our childhood i just tried to ignore him when he was drinking that was all right but right. she was very messed up i i never realized that as a child but he did yeah. he got that during his life review yep so when when an animal is communicating that's the big difference you know animals never think they do anything wrong <laughs> they don't have that they, yeah, yeah. Well, I peed all over the floor, but you know, they don't care. So like, big. Care. <laughs> right. You know, I ate the sofa. Ah, yeah, it's funny. There's other sofas. So when they come through, it's always just this burst of "I'm here," and you know, humans not so much. The human animal has a lot more baggage, luggage, whatever you want to call it, and they aren't always as forthcoming. Uh, and I think we have a lot to learn from the animals. We truly have a lot to learn from them. Yeah. And it is a, a very eye-opening experience to see the, the difference in the purity that the animals bring forth, that they there is no blame. There is no, uh, re, they have no remorse. They don't feel bad about <laughs> what they did, <laughs> you know, to uh, maybe disrupt life in the household, uh, even to the extent of, on a more serious note to where maybe there was a an altercation and one animal didn't survive the altercation there's they still feel that whatever happened that's just okay that's like just there's like, no yeah there's no sense of remorse and i think that's the hardest thing that my readers and uh, clients have is that they feel that they're their animals hold them responsible for you know, what happened in their life. And the opposite is true. The animals don't feel that we're responsible for what happens in their life. They feel that that's just what happened and they move on. It's like they don't stop there at that mile yeah. marker. Powerful. I'm sure yep. people are glad to hear that. That's they, powerful. They don't stop there. They just move on. We do. We get stuck in that rut, you know, and we keep backing up and replaying those tapes over and over. I've and, done and it. Could have saved Fluffy from yeah. going outside that night when she got hit by a car, but I didn't, and I'm so blaming myself. Fluffy doesn't doesn't blame you. Right. And you know I I'm saying this because I'm guilty. And what I want to share and what I've learned, I'm not as bad as I used to be, obviously, with the work that I do and knowing what I know now. But even with this little hen that I told you just passed over Thanksgiving recently, I still ran it through my mind a million times if I could have done something better or if I should have done this or I, the should have, could have, would have come in. So that's you didn't never do her. She wasn't, she didn't become Thanksgiving dinner. That was good. True. But you know, it's, it's normal to feel that way. We, we want to evaluate our care and our choices and we want to judge our decisions. And here's the big difference. The animals don't. 
they don't even it doesn't even come up on their radar. They they yeah. that's like a moot point if they you ask the moment them, completely. Yeah. And if you ask them about something particular, like let's say somebody connected with my little hen, her name was Specky because she had little speckles all over her. Let's sing Becky. And I'd sing the Specky Doodle song to Yankee oh, Doodle to her. Oh yeah. And I can't sing, so it's you know. Oh, that made it even better. (laughs) So if somebody were to connect with her and get a message from her and they would say, you know, did your mom, Karen, you know, not give you your, your medicine or did she leave something out? The Specky would be like, what are you talking about? She was the best mom ever. She sang the Specky doodle song to me, you know, so that's the reality (laughs) versus the things we, Lose sleep over, right? Everyone who has tossed and turned and woke up frantic in the middle of the night thinking, oh, my gosh, I made so many mistakes. We are so guilt prone, aren't we? That is the worst habit human beings have. We we feel guilty about every stupid thing. Everything. Everything. We should have done the surgery. We shouldn't have done the surgery. I should have taken them in sooner. You know, I shouldn't have skipped feel, that. We can feel guilty about both sides of the same decision simultaneously. I know. How do we do that? <laughs> <laughs> why do we do that? Because we're human. That's why we do that. But I promise, I promise, I promise the animals are just like, I don't want to talk about that. Let's talk about something fun. Yeah. And then they shift gears and they go into something fun. Sometimes the the animals are so focused on good stuff that they're they almost look at me and blink like why are you bringing up all of this other stuff I mean they don't do that you know exactly but I get this uh." (laughs) right 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 people people have are just a people are fools about a lot of things they don't think in terms of joy and animals do all the time all all the time all the time. And, you know, another thing, speaking about losing sleep, and this has happened to me, and many, many people have experienced this too, where they'll have a dream visitation, where a loved one will come through in a dream, or they think it's a dream, but it's not. It's an actual visitation from your companion animal. And this is so important to share because, Roberta, it's never anything other than positive, loving, powerful, right. emotionally oh, yes. uplifting. Cause I've had some clients write to me and say they had nightmares, you know, about what happened that their pets lost or alone or scared or, or hurting, like crying out to them in pain. No, that's not a visit. That's just your, and I can't get too scientific here, but that's your subconscious playing out different scenarios because of your own guilt, because of the tapes uh, you're playing yeah, in your yeah, mind. You're doing that to yourself. Absolutely. Right. It's Absolutely. not a visit. So I promise that they are not in that state of nightmare that you experienced in your dream. A, a, a visitation, you wake up literally feeling like you can fly or, you know, do anything you want because you're in this, beautiful energy that your animal brought during this visit and you look for them. Where are they? I just felt them. They were so real. I could feel their fur. I could feel them lick my face or my hand or I was playing ball with them or whatever it was. It's such a deep, powerful moment that is easy for them to do because you're in a relaxed state of mind. So that's a real common way that your animals will I get a hug from my horse he had cool he, he had a beautiful beautiful thick mane and he had he had a, a left mane you know but they all have a right mane it gets trained to the right so that it went to won't interfere with the reins when you get on and off well his was left mane and thick beautiful and had silver in it he was a, a liver chestnut and so he just his head is down and he he's hugging me with his with his neck and just a beautiful and I can feel his energy 
what a beautiful moment that is. And sometimes it he is. Me and he hugs me like that and I can feel his energy. What a gorgeous horse. I it can is, hardly wait to see him again. It's even more real than if it were real. Yeah, like exactly it's so, right. It, it's, it's way past being real, being physical with them again and having that physical contact with them. And they do long for our touch. They long to be... Yeah. In physical contact with us. So that's why the bump that I felt the other day and sometimes the movements that you feel, it can feel like spider webs. It can feel like a feather or maybe a little bug or something. And again, we, we often want to discount it. And it's, it's amazing how subtle some signs can be. And that's the other thing I wanted to touch on. Signs aren't always a big flashing neon sign going, hi, mom or dad, I'm here and I love they're you. Subtle. They can be very subtle, except, yeah. except Bo's hugs are not subtle. They're, they're When I'm waking up, he will give, give me that hug. But um, but during the day, a very subtle, if you, if you have a small pet, it'll be a small sign. And that you have to be alert for it and you have to encourage yes. it. Or, or you won't keep getting that kind of sign. Yes. Also, songs on the radio. Yes. This is another way. Yes. Songs. Or when you go the- into a, a store or just just be aware of it. What's something on TV, something really subtle. Yep. You could hear their name. Uh, there could be a, you go into a restaurant and there's a, um, your server approaches you and they have the same name as your pet yeah you know, there's so many different ways that, aware that could happen yes. in any way exactly yes exactly. and it, it's those little synchronicities and I, I like to say you have to connect the dots and maybe one instance just a solitary instance you know okay it, be, it also could be a, 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 a tag on a car no look at the tags on the cars don't just don't obsess over them just glance at the tags on the cars around you Yes. Because and sometimes another, you, could have, you could have a license plate that's, look, that includes the name. And another thing on license plates and elsewhere are number signs. That's in the book, too. Number signs are powerful signs that some pets will send, and it can be a significant day, such as your birthday, their birthday, maybe the, the date that they transitioned. You know, it can be something magical like the eleven eleven. Yeah, there are so many different ways that they can send a number sign, repeating numbers, you know, one 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 seven seven seven. It there's there's just an unlimited number of different methods that they can use to let you know that they're near, and it's it's really mind blowing when you think about it because they get really creative sometimes too, and that's I think why um, some people will discount those messages because they think, well, an animal can't do that. How can an animal do that? Well, they can and they do. So open your mind to that. Don't get locked in this, you know, confining thought process that animals can't because they can. And they're very animals creative. Have minds and, and their minds are eternal. They're, yes. they're different. They're actually purer than our minds. They're less complex than our minds are, but they're, they're they're different in nature. But yes, they can. And I, but 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 if you have remember, if you have a child who has passed or a loved one who has passed, these are also can be signs from them. Yes, just just be aware of what's going on around you, and don't expect a sign to come to you with neon flashing on it. No, and that reminds me, I had somebody asking this, and this is in the book too. The pet I can't forget is do. Does my dog or cat or whoever get upset if I think the sign is from someone else, like from, you know, grandmother, grandfather or whoever? No, they don't get upset if you misinterpret that the sign was from someone else. Sometimes all of your loved ones in your soul group will send you like a big loving boost or a big loving sign. It, and it's like a combined effort. And there's no jealousy in the afterlife. They don't say, hey, that was for oh, me. They're so <laughs> loving. And all they want to do is make you happy. They know how hard life is on earth and how easy it is for them. So they just want you to be happy. However they can make you happy, they want you, they want you to be happy. 
So I have to, I have to share one of my favorite stories in the book. There was a, a gentleman who lost his beloved parrot. He had an African gray parrot named Congo. And he had him for like almost 30 years. I mean, they had a lifetime together. They live a long time. Yeah. Long time. Yes. And um, after Congo transitioned, um, his dad was just despondent, just completely withdrew from everything and everybody and just didn't want to even live another day. It was really bad. And um, his mom had been encouraging him to learn about the afterlife, that Congo wasn't really gone. And he just kept saying, no, that's all just a bunch of hooey and hocus pocus and nonsense. It's not real. So he decided one day when he was really missing Congo that he wanted to see if all this was real. So he said out loud, okay, Congo, if it's really you, if you're really there, send me a frog. Because Congo, one of his favorite things to do was to mimic a frog. That was one of his favorite sounds to me. So he thought this would be a great way to test to see if there really was such a thing. So he got quiet and focused. And sure enough, he started to see the image of a frog. But it was white in his mind. He saw a white frog. So he thought, wow, maybe this really is real. And then he thought, oh, it's probably just wishful thinking. It's not really real. So he said, okay, Congo, if that's really you, send me a green frog or make the the frog green, not grog, frog, make the frog green. And he closed his eyes and nothing happened. Nothing. Like complete blackness. No frog, no green, no white, no nothing. So... He's like, well, there you go. See, this is all a bunch of nonsense. It's all a bunch of hooey. Told you it was all make-believe. So the next day he's at work at lunch with a co-worker, and they're sitting in this little outdoor patio when all of a sudden he sees something moving out of the corner of his eye, and it is a little green frog that hops over toward him and is looking at him like, hey, here I am. It's me. So what are the chances of this? He asks for a green frog and the next yep. day at work, a little green frog appears. Yep. So crazy little things can happen. Magical moments like that. You have to embrace them. All the time. Yes. Yes. So you just never know. And again, you know, he was just uh, naysaying it, not believing it, didn't want to open up to the fact that there was such a thing as an afterlife. And he became a believer. And soon he started hearing frogs wherever he went, like in places <laughs> there wouldn't be that frogs. Would teach him. Teach him. <laughs> I love yep. him. So be careful what you ask for. Yes, ask for something nice. <laughs> right. Don't ask for an elephant trumpeting because then oh, maybe my. you might get oh, an elephant trumpeting. Oh, but it's oh. so incredible to me what our animal companions can do. It is. It really is. Oh my goodness. Well, we're we've come to the end of our time. Unfortunately, what do you want people to take away from our conversation? You know, I think that there there really is hope and healing. You just have to make the decision in your mind that you're willing to discover more. I won't even say learn. Just be willing to discover more about animals in the afterlife, how they send signs, where to look for signs. And it really does come down to you and being ready and willing to open your heart and your mind to receiving those beautiful messages because they're there. And I'd love to show you how to sense them, see them, and feel them. Yeah, you're, oh, beautifully said. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, this is all perfectly real. And the more you're open to it, the more it happens. You get to the point where if you're really open, it happens constantly. It just becomes a part of your life. And it's just... A, because all of this is so real, it deepens your life, it enriches your life in ways 
because you can't even even imagine now. Um, I know I never could have imagined it, but you know those hugs from Bo are so are real for sure. And I can't wait, I can't wait to drive him again. He was he liked to be a driving horse. He was a riding horse too, but he preferred to be driven. Oh, Karen, it is so good to see you. Good to see you too. Thanks so much for having me. And you know, also please know that. The proceeds from all of my books and my courses benefit the animals on the Painted Rain Ranch Animal Sanctuary. And we do save the pets that no one else wants. I go to local shelters and I ask for the one that doesn't have adoption papers or anybody interested or has, you know, terrible health issues. Or maybe they're the oldest one there and nobody wants to adopt them. They come here, they live with me and they're treated like royalty. Trust me. They get top treatment here on the ranch. And that's my passion and my purpose now is to give back to the animals, the pets that no one else wants. Oh, bless you, my dear. You're doing God's work. My dear friends, once again, we have come to the end of our time. This has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. I'm so happy you could be with us today. Has this been fun? Please never forget that you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began. You never are going to end. When you get that, when you really deeply get all the implications of that fact, it's going to change everything in your life for the better. Now, next week, our guests are going to be Carol and Mikey Morgan, and they'll be with us for the 22nd time in the past 10 years, because I think they were with us also the first week of our existence, ten more than 10 years ago now. As you likely know, Mikey is a six-level being who last lived on Earth in the 1600s, and he's achieved the spiritual level of reality, which is just below the source level. He certainly didn't need to come back again to learn anything, but he had become concerned about the way that we incarnate beings are going all wrong on Earth, so he wanted to come back as a teacher. He took a voluntary lifetime that began in 1987, ended in 2007 when he was only 20, so he could speak to us and teach us through his mother in the voice of a modern 20-year-old. And Carol is no medium, and she knew nothing about the afterlife. I met her just after she lost her son. She was a confused and grieving mother, and I've tested Mikey's afterlife knowledge extensively. He's he's the real deal. In fact, he knows a heck of a lot more than I had known at that point or now, after I'd spent 50 years studying the afterlife. He is a treasure to us all, and and I think you're going to love him. I'm sure you already do love him if you've been watching and listening uh, with Seek Reality for a while. Please be sure to join us next week. This is a real treat for all of us. And this week, our guest has been Karen Anderson, who is another real treat. She's been with us today for the sixth time. Karen is our much-beloved expert on pets in the afterlife and pet communication, and her latest book, which is called The Pet I Can't Forget, is recently out. I think you're going to love love this book. Um, I urge you to read it. I think everybody ought to read it because... We all, we all have pets. And the only problem with our pets is that even if you, it's a horse that you, that you love, Bo lived to be almost 30 and I got him when he was six months old. And I treasure, I treasure my horse. I treasure him still. I'll never ride or drive another horse until I can be with Bo again in the afterlife. But no matter how long you have your animal, it's going to not going to be long enough. And, Karen is a talented pet communicator. She's a, a beloved pet philanthropist, as you saw. And frankly, I love having her as our frequent Seek Reality guest. And now, of course, it's time once again to mention that Seek Reality Online is your one-stop resource for all things afterlife. Just go to seekreality.com and start to learn for yourself, for sure and forever, that your own reality really is eternal. Learn the ultimate truth from our dear friend Craig Hogan, who is the president of Seek Reality Online. And frankly, he's your one world, one world, worldwide expert on all things afterlife. And teachingsbyjesus.com, this is sort of my side of, of the work we do together. Teachingsbyjesus.com is your resource for all the beautiful divine truths that are brought to us in perfect love by the greatest teacher who ever lived, ever will live, lives eternally, Master Jesus. It really is Jesus's turn now. As you know, he didn't give you the Christianity we've been practicing 
Now, his name was used by the Roman Emperor Constantine, and none of, none of Jesus' teachings really is a part of Christianity. They're in the God of the Bible, but they're never used by the Christian teachers. No, now it's his turn. The, 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 the website teaches his teachings, and now he's asked me to teach you how you can make this your last life on earth. You won't need to learn anymore once you've learned what Jesus taught. And in starting early next year, we're going to start giving classes in what Jesus actually taught. I'm the world's poorest teacher, but uh, he uses what he has, and I guess he feels he has me. So we're going to start teaching what Jesus actually taught. The genuine teachings of Jesus can at last truly come alive through the poorest of all vessels. Also, as you know by now, my own nonfiction books are Liberating Jesus, My Thomas, The Fun of Dying, The Fun of Staying in Touch, The Fun of Growing Forever, The Fun of Living Together, and The Fun of Loving Jesus, Embracing the Christianity that Jesus Taught, Not That the Emperor Constantine Taught. For young children, there's The Fun of Loving Jesus, and you can order all these books just about wherever books are sold. If you want to talk about anything at all with me, you could always... Just reach out to me through the green contact block on robertagrimes.com. I answer every email, but it could take um, a week, two weeks, sometimes three weeks, because I get so many emails. I just do the best I can. But if you don't give me your correct email address, which some people don't somehow give me the right address, I sometimes try to figure out what the address was by doing it two or three times, but... Sometimes they keep bouncing. So please, please don't make me sad. Please give me your correct email address. And all of the more than 500 past episodes of Seek Reality are available wherever audio podcasts can be found, or you can listen to new audio episodes each week with the Seek Reality app that's available for free wherever free apps are available. You also can see new video episodes each week on Roku or Fire Stick or just about wherever you can find New video episodes are just about everywhere. Um, there's also uh, authors. I think it's authors or an expert, experts and authors. I don't. I can't remember the right name. Um, or just or on YouTube. Just about anywhere you can find our new video episodes too. Um, we're we're doing our best to get out into the world as best we can. And meanwhile, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy and make the most of this coming week in our one reality. But always, always never forget that you are a powerful, eternal being, and you most of all in this entire universe, you are infinitely, eternally, and perfectly loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything.